Welcome to the third Cranky Flyer podcast. This week's sponsor, Alitalia. No, I'm just kidding. That's definitely not happening. If you would like to become a real sponsor, email me at cf at crankyflyer.com. I'm trying something different once again this week. No guests this time, it's just me talking about a specific topic. And that topic is the concert ticket model. Before I explain why it's really hard to make that work in the airline industry, I suppose I should get started explaining what it is. Let's go. You go, you see a seat map, and you buy a ticket. Each seat has a different price on it. You purchase that seat, and then it's yours to do whatever you want with it. So you can go to the concert. You can give the ticket to a friend. You can sell the ticket through a third-party exchange, or you can sell it you know, just to someone you know. It, there really aren't restrictions on what you can do after that. This is obviously not the case for airlines because airlines have a whole bunch more complexity, but some of that is necessary. Some of it may not be. So let me start by saying I actually really like the concert model, and it's something that I've thought about a lot of how could this work in the industry. The problem is uh, that the answer is not really very well for most airlines, uh, and that's simply just because of the, the network that's involved here. So let, let's back up a little bit first here and, and kind of talk about how this could work on a simple example. So uh, let's say we're flying from, uh, from Long Beach, of course, uh, and we're going to Vegas for the weekend. And, uh, you know, you can fly JetBlue, you can fly Southwest. For our purposes, JetBlue is going to make this a lot easier with assigned seats. Uh, but you go to JetBlue.com and you see there's a seat map and it shows, all right, last row middle seat is 50 bucks. Last row aisle seat is 60 bucks. Uh, you come a little bit forward, it's 70 bucks. And if you want to sit in the exit row or in the even more space seating up toward the front that, that's going to be a premium, that's 100 bucks. You pick the seat that you want on the seat map, and if it's not available, it'll be grayed out, of course. And, and that's it, and you're done. Then you've got that seat. Maybe it's 13D. That is your seat to do as you please. Uh, you know, you could sell it, you can do whatever you want. Okay, in theory, sounds good. Now let's talk about some of the problems here. So first we have the issue of a concert ticket is just a piece of paper or an email, whatever. And it doesn't require any transfer of personal information. You sell someone a ticket, that's it, it's done. A, a, a ticket for air travel is totally different because the airline needs to get the name as it appears on the ID, needs to get birth date, gender, more if it's for international travel, and then it has to submit that information through certain authorities. So it's not like you could just give your boarding pass to someone and they could use it, uh, unless you happen to have the same name. Um, so with that being the case, there has to be some sort of structure to this. You can't just give someone something. So there are a couple ways that this could be done. Uh, one is the way that Ticketmaster does it today. They have their own exchange that they've set up, right? Now, they don't mandate it, but if you're an airline, you could certainly mandate that for your tickets, the JetBlueExchange.com is where you have to go if you want to transfer that ticket. Uh, so that that's solvable, uh, but it does re require restrictions on how a transfer would work. Then you run into a different problem. You run into the problem of uh, scalping. 
which is a huge issue in the concert industry and at sporting events. Uh, it prevents a lot of true fans from being able to actually attend events just because the prices go through the roof and people are willing to pay uh, those that um, those that aren't can't go. It's different if it's a, a concert, obviously, uh, because you have a lot fewer options than you do for air travel. Uh, but if you're flying uh, to Vegas for CES, the uh, the big electronic show in January, you could envision a scalper going in and buying all those tickets from JetBlue at the face value and then marking them up and holding them hostage. Uh, that's entirely possible without some sort of price control. And so I think from an airline perspective, you're going to want to have some kind of price control. You have the ability to have price control because any exchange would have to come through you, through your system. Uh, and because of that, I think the way you do it is you just say, listen, you can't sell a ticket unless it's for face value to another person. And that's it. Uh, this makes a lot of sense to me. I know some people will say, well, that sucks. I should be able to sell it for whatever I want. But I'm not sure that that's actually what you want to happen. It, it could end up being being pretty ugly that way. So the way that I actually envision this is you go to the exchange as a seller. You could post your ticket up there. Say, hey, I've got 13D on JetBlue Flight 123 to Vegas. Uh, the, uh, the selling price is X amount which has to match what the face value is. And then there will be a fee involved. Uh, there will be a, a transfer fee, whatever it might be. And the airlines could look at that. I mean, if, if they want, you know, they could have a small amount that would go to the traveler. My guess is they wouldn't have any interest in that, and the traveler wouldn't really need that incentive because what the traveler would gain instead is just getting their money back. So if you bought that ticket, then whoever you sell it to would have to pay the $150, $200, whatever it might be, uh, transfer fee uh, to get that seat moved over to them. Now, what that fee is, who knows, and we can argue this the same way we argue a change fee about what the right amount is for something like that. Uh, but I still think it's a pretty interesting way to look at it. It would control the pricing pretty well uh, on the secondary market, but it would also allow someone not only to buy a seat and have a specific seat and not have to worry about something happening to that seat, uh, but it would also allow them to sell that seat and get rid of it. It takes away the non-refundable aspect of it, which I personally really like that idea. Okay, more problems though. Uh, one problem, what happens when there's an aircraft swap? Planes change, seating configurations change, and there are issues. What happens if they have to do a weight restriction and they can't take everyone on the airplane? How do you handle these types of things? The way that I look at that is I think uh, you know, if you do an aircraft swap, then you allow them to change for a comparable seat, show them the seat map, let them pick something that's comparable. If they don't like it, well, then it's a refund and they can buy something new, whatever it may be. You can get away with that. So something has to be done there. Now let's get to the biggest problem of all here, connections. So JetBlue through Vegas isn't a great example, but let's say it was American and I needed to go from Long Beach to Indianapolis to visit the in-laws and I have to go through Phoenix. Well, if I look on a seat map, Long Beach Phoenix is X dollars. Uh, if I look on seat map, Phoenix Indianapolis is Y dollars. But for most airlines, it is not X plus Y dollars to get from Long Beach to Indianapolis. Everything is, is priced on an origin and destination level. And usually there's a discount to make a connection because connections are less desirable. People don't want that. They pay more for the nonstop. 
So this is where it gets really hard because you can't just do a change in model where you say, okay, now it will be X plus Y if you want to do a connection because people won't pay for it. It's just going to be too much money for a connection. And when that happens, then you're out of luck because you aren't going to be able to fill the rest of the seats on those individual legs. There aren't enough local travelers to do it. It changes the whole model. For JetBlue, that's not the case. But we'll talk about that in a minute. So what could you do? Could you just say, well, if you buy X and Y together, then you get a bundle discount if you want to do that. Well, I guess, I guess you could do that in theory. But then if you want to resell it, you can't let people resell it on a piece-by-piece -piece basis and say, well, you can sell Long Beach Phoenix and use Phoenix Indianapolis, or you can use them both, or you could use none of them and sell them both individually. It doesn't work. It's not a model that makes sense. Uh, for the airlines, it's no good because then there's arbitrage opportunities for people. The whole pricing model they put together falls apart. For the consumer, it's not good either on the connecting standpoint because, again, you'd have to have X plus Y. So who could this model work for? Well, it could certainly work for uh, the allegiance of the world that don't have connections. That's easy, and I'm actually surprised that they haven't come up with this. Now, they do have a name change fee, so for some of these low-cost carriers, they figured out a way to allow this to happen, but they haven't really enabled it, which I find surprising. If they created an exchange of some sort, you'd think there might be an opportunity there. For them, fine. For an airline like JetBlue, this could even work, because JetBlue really prices more toward the locals. It flies in markets where it's looking to primarily fill its airplanes with local travelers. Uh, but when there are connections, it often will just be what they call sum of locals, X plus Y, as we talked about before. So that actually is a possibility with an airline like that. But for a traditional legacy carrier, it just doesn't work. And that's the problem. And I know some people will say, well, this is garbage. They should just sell it for that price and that should just be the way it is and I should be able to do whatever I want. But if you are the person who needs to connect, then you're not going to be happy because it's going to be a lot more expensive. It's not going to work out very well for you. So the concert model, it could work for some, probably wouldn't work for others, but there still should be an opportunity here to have more flexibility where the airlines can give people more certainty in what they're getting. And that's a wrap for the third Cranky Flyer podcast. A special thanks to our sponsor, Alitai. <laughs> Sorry, I can't even say that with a straight face. If you would like to be a real sponsor, email me at cf at crankyflyer.com. And I will give a shout out to this week's guest, me. Great job, me. Please give me your feedback. Send an email to cf at crankyflyer.com. Find me on Twitter at crankyflyer or leave a comment on the blog at crankyflyer.com. You can subscribe on iTunes or Google Play Music. Until next week, thanks for listening.